Every day, hackers send out emails cleverly disguised posing as legitimate institutions or individuals to lure recipients into providing sensitive data such as personal identifiable information, banking, credit card details, and passwords. You might be thinking you're too smart to fall for this, but the truth is, these attacks are often so sophisticated, they can cause even the most tech-savvy individuals to fall for them hook, line, and sinker. In this episode, we explore how to identify phishing attacks, how they evolve with current affairs and trends, and what to do if you become a victim of an attack. To do this, we are joined by the CEO of Green Dot Security, a cybersecurity company offering services to small and mid-sized businesses, Dan Marino. Today, you will learn how hackers use themes based on larger events such as COVID-19 or tax season to add a legitimate edge to their phishing attacks, why two-factor authentication is so important to protect yourself, and why the information you post online could be a gold mine for phishing attacks. Additionally, we discuss how humans are often the weakest point for a cyber attack, but can also stand to be the strongest defense when trained well. We also explore how call centers become the target of hacks in order to access the information of their clientele so the attackers can pose as a member of the call center to conduct phishing attacks over the phone using this information. And if you like this episode, some previous episodes you should listen to are ex-cybercrime police officer on the evolution of fighting cyber threats, Pixum, the guardian angel fighting phishing scams and poor judgment, and professional ransomware negotiator discusses hackers sly tactics and how to defend yourself and don't forget to follow brains bite back wherever you get your podcasts now let's get on with today's show i'm a about 18 year veteran in the it world i started off in managed services or at an msp is what they're commonly called from there i kind of was the whole map of the journey if you will so i started off doing help desk stuff and then elevated all the way up to helping out doing technical sales and management, as well as architectural design of networks and whatnot. Uh, the last uh, three years at that company, I had started doing talks and getting much more involved with security. So in this case, like basically security awareness talks. And then to that, about a year ago, uh, I decided to kind of split off and COVID really emphasized the point of kind of moving on because uh, my hours got cut. So I've spun up a little small company, Green Dot Security, which the intention is to be a little more on the forefront of security for small to uh, mid-sized businesses. And the thought here is with that is that really I want to try to catch people before they have an incident, right? So starting to think about frameworks. And this is being introduced for people already. If you have some sort of compliancy like PCI where you're taking credit card payments or you're in the healthcare industry and you need to do HIPAA, or you know, there's some DOD ones that are gonna become even more prevalent. The other thing that Green Dot Security does is I'm a certified ethical hacker, so I'll, I can pen test as well. And then finally, in this podcast being something like that where uh, I'm more than happy to give security awareness trainings. So I've been doing that as a side project with the company I was with before for, again, about that three year mark now. Awesome. I'm really happy to have you on here because you seem like the perfect guest with your background and we're going to be talking about phishing attacks today. So let's briefly start with the basic questions of what is a phishing attack and how are they carried out? Right. A lot of people think of phishing today as mostly just email. It technically isn't. They're now got some silly names like smishing and vishing, 
which smishing is uh, SMS phishing or phishing via text and vision would be uh, voice types of attacks, right? Where someone's trying to fish. The thing about it is some people have gotten these. And so they're pretty prevalent stories. People just tend to forget. So there's like the, hey, if you don't pay your back taxes to the IRS, we're going to send uh, the sheriff's office out to, to arrest you in a couple hours. And you can get that via text or phone. And that's the most common method for that. However, with that said, phishing is most commonly done. Something like 80 to 90% of phishing attacks are done via email. And the idea is a very old basic idea. It's to mostly operate off of people's sense of trust, right? That in the case of email, in, in the internet in general, it was a trust first kind of environment. And to that, the emails are written, uh, hopefully in a situation where it's something they're tr you know trying to gain your trust or something like that. And so to that, it might be something that's very targeted towards you where they've done some research on you and now know that you're working for a so-and-so company at, at you know, a position, say you're in the accounting position. And so they're going to try to say, hey, pay this invoice and float something by like that. Then it might also, because you, you're on LinkedIn, know your position and who, who your boss is, try to come at you and say, hey, send like 10 gift cards because I'm out doing a, a conference, send them over here so I can actually raffle them away. And that position is a is something that's a trusted and authoritative kind of position that we are used to as humans. And so it leverages on that. And the final thing that phishing attacks really leverage heavily on is the fact that we're trying to do too much too fast these days, right? The, the, the big uh, funny thing is the promise of computers uh, back in the 70s, 80s, 90s was, you know, you're going to free up time. And most of us have found that instead we're doing much, much more for work um, with computers and just being more efficient, sort of. Uh, so to that, you know, the idea of the phishing email would be to kind of use that uh, methodology to attack you where you're not necessarily paying super attention and going too fast. One of the stories I, I talk about is a client that used to go out there and have one of their persons go to the one of the big all-in-one machines, scan and copy stuff. Well, she would do that and then go back to her computer and then sort those things into some other system like a CRM system, an ERP system, or just a file server. Who knows? I don't actually know off the top of my head anymore. And so she was doing this one day and went back to her desk and opened up one of the attachments and it wasn't something she scanned. Only then is when she started noticing that, hey, here's the signals that something was wrong. And so it was one of those perfect timing things because it was a general attack. It wasn't some necessarily attacking that person knowing anything about what their job was specifically, but most of us have gotten attachments saying invoice or something like that or scan. It's a super common um, phishing attempt. And in her job again, it fit in with it. And so she didn't really question it at all. But had she been going slightly slower, she might've noticed that the the name of the file was wrong, probably. The sender was wrong. The subject line was wrong. There was probably a litany of things that were wrong. But again, it's that attack being done because it's a, a known situation, part of my job, just doing and saying and moving along and not paying attention. Yeah. And it's funny how you started that with uh, voice or like phishing attacks. Um, how would that work? Would that essentially be someone phoning you up and trying to get uh, um, you to send money somewhere? Uh, essentially rather than like an email? Yeah, they might try to do that. One of the actually ones that was a little more interesting. So um, people have uh, attacked place call centers, right? So like India call centers. And so their lists have gotten out there um, for Dell or Microsoft. 
So it's been one of those where you could get a call from somebody saying they're from Dell or Microsoft, and they know a lot about you because they have your Microsoft account number or your Dell uh, number or your product number of, of, or your device number of your device. And so what they might try to do from there is either take money or the other thing is they'll say, hey, I need you to do these series of steps on your computer to secure it. And actually what they're doing is walking you through installing a back door so they now can get into your computer. And either they might try to there like use ransomware to encrypt it, but again, they probably could have got money other ways, or they might just try to get information out of your system to attack you in different ways. Or even as if they really wanted to put something on there to monitor your keystrokes, right? And then steal uh, your log information for your bank or something like that when you're on there. Uh, it can be pretty malicious. And again, it's the idea here that they're trading on with stuff that they know that you therefore then trust and don't question. If someone were to do that, you know, the thing that I would say is, Hey, call Dell or Microsoft back. Don't talk to that person. <laughs> There's no particular reason that you should trust the, the person who calls you out of the blue, pretending to be the IRS uh, or anything at this point. Yeah. That's always been the mentality that I've taken. If someone ever calls me, then and they say that from my bank wherever they say they're coming from and there's something urgent then it's always best to just say look i'm going to call you back um right. and i actually had a similar experience once before in my old job i worked for a large um hardware software vendor like it company and i got a call from someone saying that uh, uh one of our branches had gone down and they said uh, like hi my name's this i work in this branch uh, it's gone down i need this person's number so that we can like contact them and it was the ceo and it was like can you speak to your manager and and get that and i was very like dubious immediately um that this kind of like seemed fishy excuse the pun and um right. i kind of like put them on hold or went to speak with someone else and then brought them back and after putting them on hold like four or so times i think they just gave up so that's the first thing that i think of it and that's like trained me well right. for any kind of future attacks like you said best to always like call back if it's your bank or anyone else saying they're calling you. And I've also experienced uh, phishing attacks in my own email inbox. Fortunately, I was um, sharp enough to catch them and notice that like, no, this is dodgy. Uh, I'm not going to go log into my Amazon to go cancel this random order that's been sent to me. So I recognize a lot of the things that you said there. The one little more point that I might uh, put into this is that I usually actually say when I do my security talks about phishing specifically is I fully expect someday somebody will fish me, right? I'm putting myself out there as a security person. And uh, I expect, you know, because the internet is the internet, someone will find enough information that they might be able to put something in front of me and slick it by me, right? I don't think any of us should ever think that we're above getting fished and falling prey to it. It's so much more sophisticated on what can be done. And we're leaking so much data these days. So it's easier to make these things much more applicable to ourselves. So it's good to keep a wary eye and kind of keep yourself at pace. So you have that minor second to have your spidey sense kick in and go, oop, danger. Yeah. And it always seems that phishing attacks are the one way that start something much bigger it's like a domino effect mm -hmm. whenever i talk to people about hacks on here it always seems to come from like some employee that opened an email i'm also a big fan of um darknet diaries uh, a podcast that talks a lot about hacks and it always seems that the biggest hacks always start by someone opening an email downloading something that they didn't intend to or shouldn't have uh so for me that's always at the forefront of my mind whenever i'm like operating online 
Hopefully you're enjoying the show. And if you are, make sure you subscribe and never miss an episode. You can find us on all your usual podcast sites, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and a whole lot more, including YouTube. And we want to hear what you think, so be sure to leave us a review. Just search Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. Even though it is highly likely that at some point you might become a victim and it's hard to have your guard up all the time, but what are some of the best ways to protect yourself from being the target and victim of phishing attack in the first place? Right. And I mean, let's go this way. The victim is, uh, in this case, what we're be kind of defining as what you're trying to protect yourself from is the more targeted attack. You're going to always be probably fished in the same way that you're always going to get some level of spam, right? The systems try to fight these, but, you know, a phishing attack where, say, it's uh, Wells Fargo, you need to change your bank uh, password, and you obviously don't bank with Wells Fargo, so who cares? Those type of things will tend to happen because they're just done in bulk and, and sprayed out there. But if you want to try to lower your attack for things that are targeted towards you, one of the things you can do is try to really be consider, uh, considerate of what you're posting online and how uh, that might be used against you, right? So those things where we're posting on Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, be careful about that because again, it provides an opportunity for something like this. One of the other things is just to kind of pay attention to the news about these things, or if you have got the opportunity through your company or whatever, take security awareness training, or again, pay attention to various news articles where these pops up. Because what you want to kind of hear out of that is where the trend is currently moving. Some of us can probably figure it out. You know, it's tax season. Guess what's going to come up as a phishing attack? Tax stuff, right? IRS tax. Um, so that, you know, COVID came as a thing into the world. And suddenly there were a whole bunch of phishing campaigns that were driven around uh, COVID, right? So paying attention there. But one of the things as to your earlier uh, discussion point there is that, hey, you know, that the humans are commonly referred to as the, the weakest link. But if you really listen, to, and I listen to Dark, uh, Darknet Diaries as well, if you listen closely to some of that stuff, it's the human that ends up catching it. So it's, if you're clever and paying attention well enough, you can actually be more efficient than most systems that you can put in place by simply catching something that seems wrong to your eye. So again, that the other thing that I almost always push very heavily for this is again, and you've probably heard me already say this already in here, is slowing down and being skeptical of these things, right? There isn't a reason per se that you need to trust that thing that says, hey, reset your password, your mailbox is full. If you think it's a thing, don't follow the email, go to the account yourself, go to the web, log in and try it. Right. Or as the other way I kind of like to say these things is use another channel to get to whatever, if you can, to verify whatever was put at you. Right. So in the case of like the, the voice, go online, find a different phone number and call yourself. Right. Um, do those kinds of things. Outside of that, it's a little tougher to really um, nail down too many things. There are plenty of like applications if you're in a corporate setting that you might put in place to try to help filter some of that it's always going to be a little slow and behind because a good offense beats a good defense in the case of security. But if you have a company and are running a company, I definitely recommend, you know, any methods of filtering this stuff out beforehand, the less that you can have in front of your employees, the better off you would be. Yeah. I um, have always been aware that the less information you put online, the better personally that 
gives me a lot of anxiety because of course I host a podcast and I talk a lot about my experiences and just general chit chat online. So that anyone listening to this could easily go through a number of episodes and be like, Hey, I, I'm, I work with you on this or I'm, I know this person. And uh, I always see myself as at risk in that sense. But fortunately, I, like, like you said, I take a very kind of like pragmatic approach to everything that's sent to me. And I'm, it's almost like it, I look at things as spam until proven otherwise or, or, or an attack until right. proven otherwise. So hopefully I should be fine regardless of all this information that I share on this podcast and elsewhere. I mean, it's a little bit of a bummer in the sense that I'm an optimistic person, but in the work sense, you would not get the impression that I am, right? <laughs> you have to be very skeptical. Mm. And, and, and the other way to kind of think of it is kind of taking a scientific point of view of this, right? Trust, but verify. Mm. Yeah. Now, anyone can go to haveibeenpwned.com to see if their email address has been compromised. And if mm. someone listening to this finds out that their email has been compromised, what should they do? So to that, let's be a little more specific because um, I actually just ran into this the other day with uh, someone who was pinging me about something like that. You have to be careful what is actually being said by a service like that. It might not be your email that's been compromised. It might be on another system because we use our email as the login username commonly for most places as most places actually only offer you that opportunity to have the login be your uh, username, rather I should say, be the the email address, right? So that would be the first thing is make sure you understand which account was compromised. The next thing to do is, you know, the most obvious, right, which is change that password if you haven't already. Sometimes these things will float into some places like Have I Been Pwned or other similar services ahead of where you might get notified. But other times you might have been already notified by whatever service or account or application by it directly instead already. But definitely change your password. And if you can also add multi-factor or two-factor authentication to it. So that at least if your account has been compromised again in the future and it's reliant on just username and password, it is much more difficult to get into the account. MFA and two-factor is not perfect. There are ways to get around these things. Uh, most of them involving again, social engineering attacks to trick you into giving things away. But again, that's uh, another bar to put in the way to make the, that you're more likely to at least wipe some of the chaff away for the, the easier attacks that are easier to thwart. One yeah. of the things you can, the, that, that you can do then is also change your account name. Now this is gonna not always be the same as again, I was saying that these are typically tied to your email address, but some offer you the chance to have a, a unique login name, right? And if you can do that, do that. Now it makes two things to guess much harder because again, commonly people have your email address. If you can also beyond just doing the, I have, have I been pwned? There are services and some of them are included if you're using a password manager, for example, where they offer dark web monitoring or something of that similar vein. Definitely sign up for those things because again, it's not always that you will get notified by the service. If you're really, really, really wanting to be uh, thorough about this and make your life difficult, you can also change your email address. Most people don't go to that far <laughs> of a solution. <laughs> um, and at the, at the end of the day, um, you might also want to, depending on what got um, compromised, you know, notify various services uh, of compromise. Say, for example, it was your bank that got compromised and they don't somehow know that. Call them up and at least let them uh, know. 
they, they, they probably won't do much other than put a flag on it, but that will help you when you go to dispute charges, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to say two-factor authentication is such a simple thing to add, but it, it really does make a difference. And yeah. uh, I'm a big to, fan of it. <laughs> if you go to Authy or just Google, I don't remember, it's Authy.com or whatever, but if you just Google Authy, which is a two-factor authentication application, I don't actually use them. But one of the things they have on their website is the ability to see all the services that offer two-factor authentication. And it walks through how to do it. Highly advise you to do that. Awesome. Now, for my final question, if someone listening to this finds that they are the victim of a phishing attack and they have that horrible moment where they realize mm -hmm. they clicked on something they shouldn't have, they entered their right. details somewhere which they shouldn't have, what should they immediately do? Right. And again, you, the very fine point here is immediately, as soon as you can do these things, the better off you are. Say, for example, if you did a wire transfer, you do have a very small window to, ch uh, to stop a, a wire transfer. So the first thing I say is report it. You know, if you have some place that you need to report it to, for example, your boss, if you're at work, if you uh, just did it with, you know, your bank or something like that, definitely report it there. You can also report it to other services like uh, federal and local agencies for law enforcement. That doesn't always necessarily help you because they may or may not have enough investigative force and or care, especially if it was a small amount of transactional money that um, went away. But always uh, these places will tend to collect that information. You can also um, later, uh, and you can Google these things, uh, but there are you know, companies like Microsoft or other companies and sometimes in a group will collect this information and then take these guys down every once in a while. Again, change your password immediately if you assume you've done it, especially if you've gone to a page where you log in, it doesn't do anything. You log in again and it doesn't do anything. Uh, be very suspect. Now you probably should open up a new browser and type in that service and try to get there because it might've been that they just stole your password because you put it in there. I mean, the more sophisticated attacks of that will actually just pass you through, say, where it's a Microsoft login page. It will just pass you through to logging in Microsoft and it, you won't have noticed. So it's a little tougher to see those. But if, if a, a login page is looping you constantly, you should maybe assume that it's not the real login page. And so look at the URL or the, the address that you're going to at the top of your browser there. And again, harping on it enable multi-factor authentication. If you need to, for the case that you've done something where you may have given away financial information, make sure you have a credit freeze. And you can do that ahead of being a victim. Everybody should have a credit freeze on their, uh, all their credit accounts. And that's not a, a hard thing to do anymore because <laughs> they've had so many trouble, uh, troubles recently with uh, hacks of Experian and whatnot. So to that, if you go into the three at least major reporting services, and put a credit lock on. You can to toggle that on and off fairly easily now. And the only reason you should ever need that as available or an unfrozen, if you will, is if you're actually doing something where somebody is querying your uh, credit. So getting a house, signing up for a bank um, or a credit card or something like this. So most of the time, most of us aren't doing that. Disable that. If you think some software was in installed on your computer, then the thing you need to do here is probably remove it for the internet just to protect yourself. And if you can, there are third party and explainers and YouTubes you can find for these little pieces of software you can install on a, like a thumb drive or USB drive and scan your computer using that. 
you'll want to try to clean it as, as much as you possible using something um, that isn't just the operating system or in this case, you know, a third party running uh, as the Windows is lit up or Mac is lit up because it might be that the software is deep enough down that it can fool the operating system and antivirus and malware to not being seen. But you'll definitely want to try to clean up if you think something has been installed. Because the other thing about something like phishing is it's strongly tied to things like ransomware. And you definitely don't want that stuff on you, which is basically the software that will get onto your computer and uh, lock up all your files and then leave you a little note at the end saying, hey, if you'd like any of this stuff back, please pay me over here. Yeah, that's uh, uh, some horror stories that we, we've oh, um, yeah. covered before on this show, for sure. Again, the, the primary thing is try to act as soon as possible. As soon as you realize it, the sooner you can get to it, the better off that you might be able to sort something. Yeah. And um, if people do want to keep up with what you're doing, Dan, and uh, you folks there at Green Dot Security, how can they do that? Is uh, there a web page you want to send to or social media they can follow you on? Sure. I mean, it's a pretty simple web page at this point. I've only been up for uh, doing this for a year as my company, but uh, it's just green.security.com and the middle dot is not a dot, but rather D-O-T spelled out just in case somebody wanted to put a lot of dots in the address. And then for me, you can follow me on LinkedIn probably is the best way. And uh, uh, just search for Dan Marino and that's M-E-R-I-N-O. No relation to the other guy. Super. So yeah, we'll include a link to both of those in the description of this podcast. But otherwise, thank you for joining me today, Dan. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Growing a company has many hurdles, from securing funding to expanding your business capabilities to ranking better on search. Each business challenge is uniquely complex. The solution to these challenges is growth-focused digital PR and marketing. And that is where our sponsor, Publicize, comes in. Publicize sets itself apart from traditional PR companies. It doesn't charge large retainers or churns out press releases whether you've got a newsworthy announcement or not. Publicize builds your business's online presence and gets high quality PR and media coverage for startups and entrepreneurs who are priced out of a broken PR industry. And for a limited time only, exclusive to Brains Bike Back listeners, you can receive an SEO assessment as part of your package for any tier of service at no extra charge with this special promotion. To find out more, visit publicize.co slash BBB. That's publicize.co slash BBB. This is the end of today's show. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this and you want to hear more episodes just like it, then follow and subscribe to Brains Bite Back wherever you get your podcasts. We're also available on YouTube under the channel of our publication, The Sociable. Just search Brains Bite Back and you'll find all of our episodes there. We really love hearing what you have to say. So leave us a review on iTunes or on any other podcasting platform to let us know what you think. You can also reach out on Twitter at, at The Sociable. And finally, go to sociable.co where you can find all our episodes and plenty of articles on topics just like this. Thanks again for joining us and until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. Stay healthy.